any other character, no matter the gender, to where if they're all the qualities and there's nothing for them to overcome, mm-hmm. it's just fucking boring. Yeah. Um, she did overcome the sexual tension by saying, uh, you know, Mr. Shaw, I will see you in my cabin. Yes. <laughs> for fucking. <laughs> We're going to just bone. We're going to have the sex. Yes. <laughs> Bring the monkey. Oh. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Welcome to A Cast With No Name. We're your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 43. This episode we will be discussing if Cutthroat Island is really that bad. So this will be the second one in our series. First one we did was Blade Runner. We were, Was it really that good? Was it really that good? And uh, now it's Cutthroat. Now but it's the opposite of it, that. It is. The, it's the, it's, we're doing 180s. I know. It's like we're, we're skateboarders. We're so creative. We are. We, we're we're just, just breaking the fucking mold. Yeah. Oh my God. They... <laughs> Setting standards everywhere, putting the bar up high. Real high. Yep. But first, don't forget to visit our website, acastwithnoname.com, where you can comment on episodes, write to our email, and listen to all of our podcasts, which you could probably also do on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, So why did we pick Cutthroat Island? It's notorious. For what? For being the worst box office disaster of all time. Yep. It bankrupted a studio. Yeah, Carlico. Yep, which was the studio that brought out a lot of, I thought, great movies. I mean, I think what they did, RoboCop, they did, um, I think part of it was RoboCop or something. They did... Their first major success was the Rambos. The first Rambos? Okay. First Blood and then First Blood Part 2. And then, actually, Terminator 2. Yep, Terminator 2. They did, I think... uh, Total Recall. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of Arnold. They had to deal with Arnold. Yeah. Yep. And um, Arnold and Stallone at the time. Yeah. And they uh, did not survive this. They didn't. Um, no. Which is sad because I thought, I don't know. I, I like you knew it was a pretty good action movie if the studio was behind yes, it. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what they kind of specialized in. It's just like the late 80s or early 90s, just mm-hmm. macho, over the top action. Spectaculars. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, this. Uh, so we wanted to explore this movie. I think I had I'd seen it. Never seen it. I saw it, but I was. I, I remembered like three seconds of it, mm. um, because I saw it when it first came out, and that was it. Right. Um, and I had never seen it because of of that whole <laughs> reputation of it. Like, why would I waste my time watching this? If yep. It's so. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst movie ever. Biggest so I'd never even. Ever. Yep. Yeah, never even bothered. Hadn't seen a frame of it. Yep. So. Uh, just to give an idea on how much it bombed, um, before we get into the movie, this movie cost in 1994 $115 million. And, uh, which for today's money, that so is. So 250? Yeah, about 230. 230 okay. million um, adjusted for inflation. So sizable. Yeah, a little bit. So it's about the size of a Marvel movie. Yeah, um, yeah, a, yeah. A, a, an average. Mar- I mean, because most a lot yeah. of movies now are like two hundred million dollars. Big easily block yeah. office box office uh, draws. Um, how much money do you think it made? I, I don't even know the numbers. I'm guessing here. Uh, I don't know, like fifty million. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so out of a hundred and fifteen million dollar budget, they brought in ten million dollars. Oh my God! Theatrically, so uh, 
It was bad. It was, That's real bad. It's not good, Bob. Um, that'd be like so. That'd be like a Marvel movie bringing in twenty million. Yep, that's exactly right. So uh, yeah, that's not good. Today's dollars, two hundred thirty million dollar budget, bringing in nineteen million dollars. Yeah, that's someone's someone's getting fired. Yeah, and <laughs> whether that one hundred fifteen million counts for marketing or not. I couldn't find that information uh-huh. out because usually marketing is on top of. So yeah. if you take, typically it's like whatever the budget of a movie is, add 50% or 100% and that's how much they typically spend on marketing. It's like what, a 2 to 2.5 multiple, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, but, but of course, marketing back in those days is not the co- same as marketing today. Correct, definitely yeah. Not. I mean, it wasn't as... International. Yeah. Definitely not. Um. But yeah, so Cutthroat Island came out in 1995, uh, directed by Rennie Harlan, and stars Gina Davis, Matthew Modine, and Frank, you're going to have to help me with Langella. this. Langella. Langella. Great actor. I, I've said Langella, Langella, Langella. So, Langella. Langella. Who, I, I didn't know he was in this, so when I saw him, I was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. I like Frank. And uh, He's a good actor. It's about a female pirate and her companion race against their rivals to find a hidden island that contains a fabulous treasure. What is the name of that island? Cutthroat <sighs> Island. Man, these are geniuses. God. <laughs> these are screenwriters, man. They, so. They're uh, top of the line. <laughs> um, so, first impressions. Um, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I I agree. Uh, it's I was watching this. There are there's a lot of things in here that feels weird. Mm-hmm. Um, not weird like it just and we'll kind of get into it in spoilers or whatever. But yeah, overall the movie was not as horrible as what I thought. I've certainly seen worse movies. Sure. Um, I can see why maybe this didn't land land mm-hmm. with a lot of people. Um, and it could have just been one of those things to where maybe just massive word of mouth spread or just no one just went and saw this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this came out in uh, 95. I'm trying to remember. I mean, this Independence Day. Uh, 96. That was 96. Yeah. Um, it was but, uh, 95. It was like Bad Boys came out. Ooh, Batman Forever, Apollo 13, Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, the, <clears throat> so some of the movies... Uh, released in 95 that year. Heat, Seven. I mean, you have the usual suspects. Clueless, Goldeneye. Mm. Uh, Crimson Tide. Yep, Casino. Toy Story, uh, Apollo 13. Yep. Um, you said Bad Boys. Yep. Um, the highest grossing movie that year, Batman Forever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you had Jumanji, Friday, Billy Madison. I mean, you had a lot... It was a pretty good year for movies. Yeah. And oh, guess what number 10 is on here? What's that? That kind of reminds me of this. Waterworld. Oh. A big budget, yep. gigantic movie that didn't really, wasn't as big of a hit as the budget would seem it would be. Mm-hmm. Mad Max on water. Um, we might so, have to watch that yeah. for another, I'm telling you, it's not oh, that bad. Is it really that bad? Yeah, yeah is it really that bad? Yeah. yeah, that's a good. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Um so it had some competition. I remember Batman yeah. Forever being the biggest movie-ish mm-hmm. that year. Um, I, I just advertisements. Oh all god, over yeah. The place. Jim Carrey was just. I mean, yeah, he was everywhere. Yep. Um, so it had competition. It could have been that. It could have been. It could have been a lot of different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it doesn't. Um, overall, 
I don't think the movie holds up. It felt like they they had a bunch of footage and they were trying to piece together something that was serviceable. It was coherent, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and and that that was it. I mean, it's it's yeah. not it's not horrible, but it's also maybe not one that a lot of people would want to revisit. There's a lot of things in here that I saw that I think they really nailed in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, I actually thought watching the movie that I'm like, this is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's Just very, they, Pirates of the Caribbean did it better. Yeah. Because if I were the writers on Cutthroat Island, I'd be, I would, and I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm like, this is our story. This is the story. Except yeah. for the pirates are like undead. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And we added a, uh, a, uh, a specific caricature of a pirate in Johnny Depp's performance. That's it. Yep. And everything else is pretty much the same. It's yep. pretty much the same story. Let's get into spoilers because I mean there there are a little a lot of similarities between the story of this mm-hmm. and um, so spoilers everyone. But uh, if you haven't seen it, I all right. Do, do you recommend seeing? No. It? Yeah. If you have time, uh, you have to you have to have like a lot of time on your hands. If I want to recommend this, yeah, <laughs> it's. Because I will say, like, some of the stunts in it, like, you just don't see those, any, like, the practical stunts, they just don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some really good stunts in it. I, I, the infamous, like, uh, Gina Davis stunt where she's, she's and then she rolls onto the cart. Yep. Watching it, I, I didn't, I was like, wow, I can't believe they timed that. So that's, like, the, one of the best stunts I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then I, apparently they've, they cut together yeah, two, two separate di- takes, but I couldn't even see the cut. So yep. it looked good. Yeah, some of the, I mean, there is a lot of action and a lot of slow-mo. Lots of slow-mo. I was like, Michael Bay? Yeah. Stole from Rennie Harlan, Zach, huh? Zack Snyder? He's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know what would make this better? Ramping up to normal yeah. speed. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a lot of slow-mo. Actually, I watched it with Nicole, and Nicole was like, this is like, did Michael Bay direct this? I was like, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> but I, I see what you get. I see what you think there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you have time, it's two hours. If they cut out all the slow mo and just had it normal speed, it'd probably be like a nice, cool ninety-minute movie. Probably, um. <laughs> <laughs> nice, cool. Um, yeah, but I mean, no, and, I can't recommend it. Yeah, no, I can't. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, but it's not going to change your life, and it's nothing. No, it's nothing to write home about. If you want to see a good pirate movie, watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean did it much better. Um, but let's get into spoilers, uh, because. This movie definitely isn't perfect, but it's it's not as bad like as what no everyone makes out. There's probably I'm sure worse movies that came out in '95, um, but yeah, there's we've already touched on it. There's a lot of slow motion, um, and I mentioned it was kind of felt cobbled together. There's uh-huh. a lot of dubbed over parts. Yeah, there is, and to where I feel like they probably looked at the first cut and they're like, "This is not funny. It's not entertaining. These yep. characters suck." Let's add a bunch of dialogue over shots <laughs> where no one is speaking. Um, have you seen the uh, writing credits? I have not. It's story by, story by, story by, story by, screenplay and screenplay. So there's six different hands in this. That pro- What you're saying there, how it felt cobbled together, and this isn't funny or this isn't romantic or whatever the case may be. We have to add this line here or this scene there. It yeah. definitely felt like that. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Some, um, although I, I will say... Frank Lang- Langella. Langella. Maybe, uh-huh. I'll, maybe I'll get it. Uh, you, you, he's you fantastic. He's, he's very the good. best thing in this movie. He's very good. He knows what kind of movie he's in. And, I mean, he swings for the fences. He's over the top with it, yeah. but it fits and it works. It sure does. Um, and he, his character and his performance is 
I, I feel like so perfect, especially compared to not that Matthew Modine did a bad job or, but it feels like Gina Davis doesn't care or they, she did like a one take thing. Um, and then they moved on. Yeah. Matthew Modine <laughs> and her feel like the same character sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. You get the romance, like the chemistry really? I, I did not. It felt kind of forced a little bit. Yeah. And, and I think some of that because Rennie Harlan and Gina Davis yeah. were together. Ooh, backstory. Yeah. Gossip. Were together at the time. They were together. And they ended up getting married. And uh-huh. I think they had, I mean, they were married for a while and uh-huh. divorced as one does in Hollywood. But, yeah. Um, so they tried to get out of this movie and the studio wouldn't let them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part, a lot of this problem is neither of them wanted to do it. And that was early on in the production. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just were forced to, to go do through it. to do it. Um, so I don't think any other hearts were in it um, now, but Rennie Harlan did come in and he said, this isn't how I want it to look. I want it this way, and that, so they had to rebuild a bunch of sets. They yep. had, and that started skyrocketing the budget, and they could have been trying to sabotage themselves to try and get off the picture. Yep. So, I mean, you have that. You have, and then um, he, and then he fired. I think a cameraman or something. Yeah, and that the director fo- of photography, and that forced like ten other people to quit and yep. leave the set because they were they were uh, uh, loyal to that that mm-hmm. person. So yeah, lots of lots of nonsense going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and but yeah, too much uh, too much slow motion. Uh-huh. I mean, they of course it could have been a studio note of we spent they they had for these action setups they had multiple cameras set up and yeah. I think they used every single angle absolutely, um, but everything was slow motion, which kind of some some of the I mean some of the scenes like rolling out of the window was pretty cool looking that's kind but, of pretty cool looking but then a lot of it's just slow motion of shit exploding and yes cannons firing and it's like let's move it along I mean yeah. it's not it's nothing that was it might have been better if they just sped it up or maybe if they were played at a normal speed it maybe it was too quick or too and it didn't work they had a contract obligation of it being. 120 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> had to be there. It's like when you hand in a term paper and it has to be 2,000 words and yes. you only have 1,500 and so you write very a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, uh, in, in summary, in conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Therefore. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, but yeah, I mean, the pacing, it felt way too quick um, at times because it feels like it didn't really have a lot of character development. No. Um, and particularly Matthew Modine's character, what's his name, William Shaw? Yeah. I mean, uh, he's a pickpocket, and that's how they introduce him, and that's it. So, but, but he's a doctor. But he's a doctor. But he's not a doctor. But is mm-hmm. he a doctor? Or he's doesn't just matter. a common? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's there He's there to be the love interest. That's all you need yep. to know. Yeah. Um, and did you know that uh, uh, Michael Douglas was the one that was supposed to have Matthew Modine's role. Mm. But he lucked out. Well, he was going to do it, but in the screenplay, he didn't have as much screen time as he wanted to have. Oh. He wanted to have equal or more screen time than Gina Davis. Yeah, understandable. Yeah. He's pretty big at the time. Yeah. You mean one of those six writers couldn't squeeze nope. him in there some more? Nope. They said, no, this is Gina Davis's movie. Because at the time, they were trying to... Like, Rennie Harlan, like you said, they were married. Mm-hmm. Rennie Harlan had this grand vision of Gina being like the next action, action star. hero. Yeah. Yes. Because after this movie they did the long kiss goodnight. Right. Which is actually pretty good. Yeah. 
and um, and some other things you have Die Hard, uh, Die Harder Part Two uh-huh. um, with with Rennie Harlan. Then you had uh, Cliffhanger. Yeah, great you, movie. You have um, this movie, The Long Kiss Goodnight. And then I feel like it was after Deep Blue Sea. Oh yeah, Deep Blue Sea, the the premiere of visual effects. <laughs> um, and yeah. but after that, he's just kind of fallen. Yeah, he's fallen on hard times. Yeah. Um, a good-looking man though. Jesus, looks he's like, Finnish. Looks like uh, who's that soccer player married uh, Beckinsale? Uh, oh, uh, David Beckham. Yeah, David Beckham. Beckinsale. Beckinsale. <laughs> Kate no. Beckinsale. God, who's posh spike? Who, who the fuck? Victoria. Beckham. Victoria Beckham. Yeah. yeah. I like how I know all the names of these people. Well, you would. So. Like, I know them. <laughs> oh, Victoria? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Had her over for drinks last yeah. week. <laughs> she taught me how to make a Manhattan. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I let's talk about Gina Davis for a little bit. She She's okay. She's fine. I felt like they didn't know. Like they, I felt like they threw everything at her character. Mm-hmm. Some of the things I think she could do. Other thing, like some of the humor, was hit or miss for me. Yeah, it was okay. Um, and but where she tried to feel intimidating, felt off. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to watch the Long Kiss Goodnight because I think she's more of, I mean, she plays an assassin in that movie, and it's been some time since I've seen it, but I remember her being intimidating. Yeah, like in her Charlie role in that movie. Um, to where this it didn't feel like she was intimidating it felt like a jennifer lawrence performance to where like the movie joy or american hustle to where she looks like a kid still and she's in her mommy's clothes <laughs> trying to play an adult right, like right. she's playing dress up or whatever like it doesn't oh I gotcha i can't take it too seriously leonardo dicaprio had the same thing for me for the longest time because he just always looks so young right. i was like he looks like a fucking kid trying to play an adult right or uh dane dehan and uh <laughs> Uh, what is it, Valerian, uh, City of a Thousand... I never saw that. ...planets or whatever. I turned it on for a little bit, and both of those... Was it Dane Dehan and... Uh, oh God, what's that? What's Cara, uh, yeah, Cara Delevingne. Yeah. Um, they were supposed to play space cops, and I was like, these look like children. Right. I was like, could we have hired anyone that looked younger because <laughs> they, they look like toddlers and they're supposed to be intimidating adults i don't i don't buy it so right. but so you got that feeling from gina a little bit like whenever she was trying to sound authoritative and everything it just didn't land for me i don't know if it's because she was trying to phone it in probably she probably didn't be lack of convic- conviction yeah. in her voice or maybe it's the audio mix or something but it didn't have that gravitas as far mm-hmm. as this is what we're doing. It's like, come on, guys, we're going to ah, let's hey. get the treasure. Hey, hey, <laughs> let's go. I'm in charge. Um, You're such a misogynist. That's not how she sounds at all. It, it's exactly how she sounds. That was an audio <laughs> clip taken straight from the movie. Yeah. Um, well, I think you're right, because when you juxtapose that with Frank Lan- Langella and Dog Brown, he's like perfect. And he's like very, you know over the top he's really into mm-hmm. the character and like when they're playing together in like a scene it doesn't it doesn't really yeah complement one another but yeah so i mean some of her line delivery just yeah just felt fell flat me. i mean the quips and stuff i thought like the way they introduced her character i felt a little rushed um because i mean you just have the guy laying in the bed and and obviously they just got done having sex but why why were they having sex 
other than oh they were both fooling each other like oh i knew you were a pirate like i knew, I knew that you knew, knew that i was a pirate i was like this is very uninteresting to start off i was like it doesn't show how anyone's clever it just shows how clever we're supposed to think we are they are yeah yes um yeah it's very lazy yeah for the, sure the character introduction was weird but the the pacing um i feel like it was like oh we're we got to go here and they're like the next shot no no sailing montage no establishing no. shot just next shot right walking in the city all right yeah. what are we doing and i'm like jesus where are we <laughs> and <laughs> you're in jamaica i was like how much time has passed like so it's um it's tough to kind of follow that way uh but they are guys we have to get the cutthroat island let's yeah, go we have to go let's go to the island we have to get there let's get there um and um uh, but the biggest thing I, I feel like finding of the treasure should have been a lot more special it should have been um, and it wasn't and yeah i mean there was no Nothing. it was like the the um the father told gina davis at the very beginning like when he was dying he's like cut off my scalp there's a treasure and then they find the treasure like oh and it's like oh man isn't this amazing you've been searching for this for like two weeks yeah <laughs> <laughs> instead of I've, it should have felt more like a uh, national treasure kind of a thing yeah. to where there should have been the introduction of gina davis's character should have been when she was a child mm-hmm. and her grandfather telling her about this treasure yep then her dad telling her about this treasure or not believing of the treasure or something to kind of have that national treasure gates family kind of drama behind the treasure like does it exist does it not exist kind of a thing mm-hmm. um and more things should have hinged on it to where which it kind of did like but i feel like by the time they found the treasure gina davis's pirate crew were loyal to her to where maybe the loyalty of her crew depended on finding this treasure kind of yeah. a thing like her whole family um that she grew up with then it would i feel like it would have hit a little bit more yeah and it a little made more sense as far as why it was important and it should have been harder to get to the island. Yeah. It, it, it was an uncharted island. Mm-hmm. So there, Gina Davis escapes uh, Dog Brown, played by Frank Langella. He's chasing her. Mm-hmm. She goes through the rocks because he, he has a large draft. So I would think that it can't be as easy as, oh, I'm just going to sail around the rocks and I'm going to get to the island. And that's all he had to do. Yeah. And by the time they got to the island, he was already there too. So it's... Like, this island really isn't that hard to get to, obviously. <laughs> Even if you end up All right. floating around in the in the water on exactly. some bits of wood, you'll eventually wash up to right. it. Um, yeah. I will say the music is very, very good. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot. It is, yeah. Um, and uh, I think the act, but the action set pieces are pretty good, like the setups. Especially like the, the the culminating battle between the two ships. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of fucking money spent in in those in that scene in particular. Yeah, lots and, of money. Yep, and probably the reason why they had the slow motion is like we spent a lot of money on this. I know. We need to. I know. Savor every frame as po- <laughs> much know. as possible. I know. Um, and but the dialogue at times it just felt like it was written by someone who forgot that we're watching a movie. Yeah, the writing is pretty bad. It's very descriptive. And very, I'm like, you guys just show. You don't have to tell everything. Yeah, like, yeah. We have moving pictures along yep. with this dialogue track. <laughs> moving, so. moving photos. Um, I wish we had an audio clip of it or something that I could have found, but it's no one saves any part part of this movie, so it's tough to find anyways. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there's, but I wish I had a clip that I could share to where 
you, you wouldn't need the movie. You could just listen to the audio track, and it'd be like a, a very descriptive book on tape <laughs> yeah. at times. But but you brought you brought up a good point about the uh, treasure not being special mm-hmm. because they find it. I think with forty minutes or so left to go in the movie. Yeah, and it's basically just in a cave, like. Oh, I I had no idea that this is where they would hide treasure in a cave on the side of a cliff. And it's like, yeah, of course that's where they would hide. Yeah, they had to do the uh, Karate Kid Part 3, which I don't think you've seen. Uh, uh-uh, no. They, Mr. Miyagi hides a bonsai tree on the side of a cliff okay. that he brought back from Okinawa. Uh-huh. And he put it there be, to keep it safe and so that way it could grow on its own uh-huh. without um, interference from somebody else, from somebody destroying it. So he, he plants it on the side of the tree to keep it safe. I understand the idea for the treasure doing that, mm-hmm. but it's like, it'd be very difficult to put all that treasure. I know. Like how many trips? Tons of trips. Like, hey, let's, being on this Uncharted Island is not hard enough. <laughs> let's yeah. rappel down a mountain to where we're only able to carry like a sack at a time and then go back into this cave and drop it in the water. Yeah. And then we can pile it up. How long is that going to take? About 10 years. <laughs> Because yes. we need a freaking crane to move all this shit. Yep. And, yep. Um, but yeah. But they managed to get it on the boat like really fast. Yeah, really quick. Nope. Not not a, not a problem. Nope. What was that effect that they had where Gina Davis falls off the cliff and like she kind of just transitions into the water where there's like no splash? Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is where uh, the budget went to die. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she she timed it where the uh, the wave was coming in so that okay. way it'd break her break her mm. fall. And I thought that I thought she went through a damn portal. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, we're going sci-fi with this." Man, <laughs> this that really effect cool. was pretty bad. <laughs> like shit. Yeah, we spent all the money, guys. The uh, yeah, but there's it was, there was no tension between the characters. You had um, what was it? Uh, Murray Culkin, uh, yep. Murray Murray Chaykin played. Uh, hey, John, yeah, hey, he got it right. Hey. Uh, played John Reed who is an author, a best-selling author, which I didn't know was a thing in the 1600s. Or I guess like, it was. I, I don't know if he actually said, I'm a New York Times best-selling author yet, uh, but <laughs> I do know he said, I'm a be- I want to have a best-selling book. And I'm like, did they have those back then? Didn't they just have books? I think they just had books. <laughs> yeah. And you, you sold your book in your lo- local community. Yeah. And so he, he was following the pirates around, mm-hmm. Uh, writing a story about them and uh, early on he is approached by the government of England or something like that and saying hey uh, we need to capture these people or what have you and so it kind of leads up that he's going to portray them there's no tension there between that I guess conflict it felt like it was forgot about until the last five minutes um but it was just a lot of, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the same plot as Pirates of the Caribbean with it, the East India Trading Company. It's yeah. the, literally the exact same thing. Yeah. So, which I will say, maybe Jer- I mean, there's even Jer- a monkey in it. Yeah. There's a fucking oh, yeah, monkey there is in this a monkey. movie. Yep. It's still got the monkey. Yeah. So yeah, Jerry Bruckheimer definitely plagiarism saw this in '95 after he got done doing Bad Boys, and he's like, you know, I could do that better. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> We just gotta you gotta spice it up a little bit. Um, Christopher Masterson's in this, who plays yes. the older brother in Malcolm in the Middle. Yes. Uh, also, Danny Masterson's brother from that '70s show. That's right. Danny Masterson has uh, seen better times. Yes, yes, he has. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, Christopher Masterson. Um, yeah, just, I, 
forgot he was in this. Yeah, I didn't realize that Rex Glenn was in it. Yeah, yeah, he's a mainstay of uh, Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan, because he's right. yeah, Cliffhanger and yeah. Uh, a lot of those movies. Fuck you, Waylon! <laughs> <laughs> Him and his awesome goatee. <laughs> yeah. And that's a th- another thing I wish they, they... I wish the supporting characters had more to do. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Rex Lynn has all these face tattoos. And you think, okay, this guy's got like some character or something. And he no. doesn't say anything. No. He's just... He's, he's just he's, there. He's loyal. That's he's, it. He's just there. Him and uh, Stan Shaw as yeah. Mr. Glasspool. Both of those. Yeah. You expected more from them. Um, Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It was just a eh, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think it, a lot of it just didn't feel like they knew what to do. Hence, probably why Gina Davis and Matthew Modine's characters were both very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should have picked one or the other for each of them. Yep. To where um, I feel like Gina Davis's character should have been more. And and I'm saying this to sound sexist. She should have been more like straight laced. Or more less fun, more serious. Matthew Modine is the fun-loving con man, but who helps out in a pinch, kind of a thing. Gotcha. And he kind of shows her how to loosen up because you know, power of the penis. Are you saying like and Sherlock Holmes? A little bit. Where and where Matthew Modine is Rachel McAdams, yes. and Gina Davis is Robert Downey Jr. Yes, I agree with you. And that makes sense. To where they would have had at least a little bit opposite track. They could have had that dynamic. Yeah. Um, and she could have learned to enjoy life or something mm-hmm. like that. Or vice versa to where, but I mean, there was no, I feel, I feel like there was no character arc. So yeah, yeah for either of them no. and to where maybe Gina Davis should have been, um, I mean, or you could have flipped it to where Gina Davis's character was fun loving didn't take it seriously enough and it's kind of like one of those stories of oh now you gotta take over your father's business kind of a thing right to where you gotta learn to grow up kind of a thing and then matthew modine would help her in that way um and but if they wanted her i i could see why they wouldn't want that just because if they wanted her as an action hero they needed to be have her be self-reliant mm-hmm. um and I mean, I feel like the dynamic between those two characters could have been thought out a little bit more just to make them, one, a little bit more different, but to play off each other a little bit better. Um, She's pretty much self-reliant the whole movie. I don't, did she get saved by anybody? I'm trying I, to remember. I don't, I don't think, think so. Though. And Well, um, I don't remember I that don't, happening. I, it's a long movie. I, I, I thought she figured it out pretty much. Uh, she got out of every sticky situation on her own, mm-hmm. on her own standing. Yeah. Anyway, which matter. can be fine. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those. So someone can't be saved. Like when you do strong female characters, a lot of a lot of times we're like, oh, well, they can't be saved by a man. Yeah. I'm like, well, that that's sexist in and of itself. Like they, they, they need to have some kind of stakes. They need to have some kind of something happen Wait, to them. Stakes. Yeah. What? Well, you want steaks yeah, in a movie? Like, no, like S T E A K S, like oh, prime rib, like steaks, steaks, like yeah. Trump steaks. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> to where there needs to be some kind of, uh, I guess, uh, what am I? What the hell? Why am I brain farting? Uh, You're saying same, something about a, some kind of suspense or right, something, right, right. Um, because I mean, even like Die Hard, you have John McClane. Even he gets saved. At the very yeah, end, does. by yeah. uh, Officer Powell. Yes, um, and 
So not everyone's perfect, but I mean, I think a lot of people, especially nowadays when they try and do strong female characters, they don't want them to seem, they think being saved by somebody is a sign of weakness. Right. No, it's, it's no one's perfect. Like that's it. What makes their character interesting is if they're vulnerable in some way, they should be lacking in something because not, I mean, if you have a character that just, Oh, we have Morgan Adams. She is self-reliant. She is funny. She's authoritative. She's great at action. She's she's smart. She's the best sailor. She's really good. I mean, it gets boring. Yeah, it does. Um, and it, it, the same thing with any other, uh, any other character, no matter the gender, to where if they're all the qualities and there's nothing for them to overcome, mm-hmm. it's just fucking boring. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe... Wow, that was very poignant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, definitely, definitely not the first person to say this. I think this is like kind <laughs> of common knowledge. But um, but I think something like that, maybe that's what was missing. Because the only thing that they overcame was finding the treasure. Yep. But even at that point, it wasn't as interesting because they've only been looking for it for two weeks since she had to rip the scalp off of her father's head. Yep. She did overcome the sexual tension by saying, uh, you know, Mr. Shaw, I will see you in my cabin. Yes. <laughs> For fucking. <laughs> We're going to just bone. We're going to have the sex. Yes. <laughs> Bring the monkey. <laughs> Wink. Yeah. Uh, that that line in and of itself, I was like, what a way to end this movie. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. You, you just know, throw someone, a caution to the wind. You know, someone wrote that. They looked at it on paper. They kind of held back, stood back, looked at it, and were like, "Yep, <laughs> that's the one." <laughs> uh, uh, or, or they looked at it and they're like, "Yeah, that's the way to end this fucking thing." Yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah, just fuck it. Uh, it's stupid. So let's do it. Yep. So, anything else on Cutthroat Island? No, no. I so. Uh, yeah, I don't recommend it, but do, is it in keeping with like one of the worst movies ever made? No, it's not one of the worst movies ever. I've seen way worse movies, but I do understand why it lost a lot of money because mm-hmm. it's not that great. Yeah, and uh, I, I I agree. It's not the worst. Um, it just has a lot of problems. It felt cobbled mm-hmm. together. Um, too many writers. Not really sure what to do with the characters, the story, but it's one of those situations where the studio was far too deep for it to be like it, they couldn't cut their losses yeah um, because I think they went bankrupt I think during the production of this yep. and they needed something to try and get any kind of money back but not the worst it's just it was just kind of a bland movie but it was a very expensive bland movie yep. um, that could have been improved by either better characters a little bit better story and but it's just one of those companies tend to move in a pro- move in a direction and this is the wrong direction well we can't afford to cut yep. our losses and change direction we need to continue forward to where if they would have cut their losses yeah yeah they would have had a loss but they maybe still be around yeah um i mean i'll give it this this in, this inspired pirates of the caribbean mm-hmm. right absolutely yeah it's the same story for the most part so i think if there were no Cutthroat Island, maybe there wouldn't be a Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I don't know. Which first one was great. Then it's great. all the other ones were... Yeah, it's mm-hmm. okay. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all right. But, so, I guess we get... Thankfully, this movie existed because then we got Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, there you go. Um, 
And Johnny Depp got to uh, indulge on his drinking habits. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, join us next time as we are going to explore the possibilities of the future. Mm. So recently, James Gunn announced his DC Universe slate. So next time, we're just going to kind of go through point by point and... uh, we're going to share our thoughts because yeah. if there's anything that anyone knows about both of us, it is how much we love DC Comics stuff. It's how much we love the uh, giant corporations making yes. extended universes. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Awesome. So, <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, touch on uh, our feelings and opinions on the upcoming James Gunn DC Universe. Yes, we will. So, uh, again, as always, you can uh, go to our website. Uh, have you seen Cutthroat Island? Let us know. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What didn't you like about it? Talk to us. Debate us. Master debate us. Love us. Love us. Just, just Please, feed. just some feedback. Put your hand on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whoa. Huh? Uh, what? Uh. 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 All right. Until next time, Matt. Until next time, Jack. Yeah.